Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Service time. Nothing personal. Word of the day for Tuesday, April 5th is service time. We are two days away. I hope everyone's ready. 48 hours from right now. Not right now because it's early and I'm tired. But 40, let's call it, what's seven to five is 53 hours from right now. There will be a first pitch. MLB opening day. Is everybody talking about the lockout? Everybody upset that there's no March 31st opening day. You're all past it already. We're all past it. We're excited. All the articles. There's 30 cities now. Well, make it 29, 28, 27. 26 cities. Well, 25, 24, 23. 23 cities are excited. 20, well, 19. Four cities are super pumped right now. No, you know I'm kidding. There's so much parody right now in baseball. I mean, not payroll parody. That's for sure. A lot of good teams, a lot of people with hope and excitement, but service time is the topic I want to talk about. I don't understand the excitement that you all have and certain people in the media have that there are all these young players who are breaking camp with the team. So you saw teams are doing this now. I love this. Coke, I tweeted about this yesterday at David P. Samson because not that I want to be the Scrooge because I get what feels good, but I don't like the fantasy. There was a video of a Chicago Cubs relief pitcher being told during a game by his manager, David Ross, that he was making the team. And there was emotion, there was hugging, there was crying, there was excitement. It is a great feeling to tell someone they're making their first ever big league team. The worst chance the player had, the better the feeling is when you tell them. Someone who is your number one prospect, someone who is uh, expected on a guaranteed contract, someone who you signed on a minor league deal with an invite to spring training, who when you signed him said, hey, just stay healthy. You know, you're going to be a bench, a bat off the bench. You're going to be the fourth outfielder, right? That's less exciting. There's less emotion, but the excitement of telling this player, I wish they would show a video of all the times that we tell players they've been released or they didn't make a team or they're never going to make a team. Players are getting released out of the minor leagues. They're getting released off the big league club all the time, designated for assignment. And you have reactions that range from anger to sadness to blank, where players just go completely stoic and they say, thank you. And they walk out, they finish getting dressed. For some reason, we never call in players to release them when they're dressed. I just thought of that. We call them in. I've had players in towels because they were in the shower 
And by the time the pitching coach or the hitting coach goes to get them or the bench coach, it's never the manager, never the GM, never the president. We're just sitting in the manager's office waiting. So you go get the player. It's not like Major League, the movie, where they you stick a red piece of paper in their locker and they open it where they put a snake on it like Serrano and try to voodoo it. You just go tap on the shoulder. Hey, Skipper wants to see you. And everybody knows when the Skipper wants to see you and you have options left or you haven't been playing well or you just gave up a bunch of runs or you're an 0 for 40 slump or whatever the case may be, that you're being brought in to not get good news. And we say, you know, just come on in right now. So towel, like they're a little wet sometimes, or they're just in uniform. We've had players come in with just their skivvies on and their, and their knee-high socks and their cup, but nothing else. Never had a player come in naked, though. No, towel. Towel with the Sharon Stone leg spread, but a towel. So the, the positive side is when you bring someone in and you tell them that they've made the team. Sometimes you do it in public. But often, you do it within the manager's office. And in 2012, we were being filmed by the franchise, and we would, we did several things in front of the cameras in Ozzy's office. That is true. The only time we did something in the dugout was when we were in, was it Puerto Rico? We were somewhere when we gave an extension to Edwin Rodriguez and there was all sorts of questions whether he would continue to be our manager because we were trying to get a different manager, a, a more well-known manager, but then we couldn't. So then we just said, let's just keep him, not make him interim. And I think we were either going to Puerto Rico or in Puerto Rico. I can't remember Coca, but we did that in the dugout and we did that for a totally manipulative reason because he is Puerto Rican, and so we thought that that would be good, right? If you're going to do it, we might as well do it and let him celebrate with his players and let him celebrate with the media and everything else. I guess that it's okay to do it that way because you're trying to have a feel-good story. No problem. But what's happening now is teams are not just filming it, they're releasing it on their Twitter, on their social media, and you've got a lot of these prospects who are at the top of the MLB prospect list. And the big question going into the season is, are we going to put this player on our team? Take Julio Rodriguez, for example, who is the top prospect, like number two or number three in baseball for the Seattle Mariners. And the question this entire spring training has been, are you going to start the season with him on your roster? Is he going to get an everyday job? You only start a prospect who is that highly touted on your team to start a season if you are going to play that player every day. You do not put a young, good player on the bench to start a season and only get sporadic at-bats. So knowing that, any good player who makes a team is going to be playing every day. So the conversation that goes on in the front office is pretty simple in years past it was, there's really no reason to bring up our top prospect to start the season. Let's wait a couple weeks. It's the service time manipulation that you've heard about here on Nothing Personal. Very rare to have that player start the season. We're going to bring him up mid-April so we can keep him for an extra year before free agency, or we're going to bring him up in mid-June so we can hold off his arbitration for an extra year and not have four years of arbitration, only three. You've heard those explanations. And the players were very, very unhappy about this. They would get angry that they were being manipulated. 
Chris Bryant is an example of a guy who filed a grievance, etc. So during the last collective bargaining agreement, which was just settled this month, does that not seem like, how many years ago does it seem that the lockout was? I think, it, oh no, it was last month, but because we're in April, I totally forgot we're in April. So one of the things the players wanted to address was this manipulation. And so they did it in two ways. A little reminder. The first way is that no matter when you bring up a player for the first time who's eligible for rookie of the year, if that player wins rookie of the year, or if that player wins MVP or the Cy Young, that player, no matter when he is brought up, will get a full year of service time. So if you bring up a player in September and that player wins rookie of the year, that player will be as though his career will be as though he had been called up to start the season. A full year of service time, which is major for a player because it gets them closer to arbitration and closer to free agency. The second rule that changed is that there was this pool that was invented out of thin air called the pre-arbitration pool and go back to previous shows for more details but suffice to say 50 million dollars a year is coming into a pool that is going to be distributed to players who have not yet reached arbitration so a player who has not yet reached arbitration is a player who has not been in the league for three years or there's something called the super two which means they've been in the league close to three years like the top 20% of service time closest to three years. But if you're not eligible for arbitration, that means that the team gets to set your salary. And the teams would set the salary close to the minimum because it just has to be above the minimum. That's it. There's no negotiation. There's no question. There's no problems. It's done. Fine. So now there's this pool that gets distributed where if you've got a young player who's not arbitration eligible but performs well and ranks in the top five and in war or finishes high in the rookie of the year or MVP or Cy Young, that player gets money. And the example always given was a guy named Corbin Burns, who instead of making 700,000 would have made 3 million as a second year player, let's say, who won the Cy Young. So the front office sits down and they say to themselves, all right, what do we want to do here? We're a team that is going for a playoff spot, the Mariners. We're a team that has no chance of making the playoffs, the Royals. We're a team that completely is rebuilding and completely sold off all our players and tanking. We're the Reds. We're a team that really has a chance, but it's not a guarantee. We're sort of in a rebuild, but we got ahead of the rebuild. I'm talking about the Tigers. And now maybe with the signing of Javi Baez, Eduardo Rodriguez, we got Cabrera still there. Hey, we got a shot. Not guaranteed. Tigers. And these guys have four of the top six prospects in all of baseball. And so the question is, what do you do with those players? So the front office would say to themselves, well, we might as well just start the season with them. We have a spot for them to play every day. And I would say to the president the following. I'm very happy to start the season with these players. And if our team is doing well, and if they are doing well, let them stay and they'll get the full year of service time. On the other hand, what's not being discussed, all of the celebrating that the Players Union is doing about this provision, all the celebrating that the Players Union is doing saying we've changed the game, 
We've stopped service time manipulation. Are you sure? Let me give you a quick rule, something that's always in our head as we carry around in our briefcase, now on our phone, what the service time is of each individual, of each player, including, get ready for this, the number of days that a player has to spend in the minor leagues in order not to attain Super 2 status or in order not to make arbitration or in order to get an extra year before free agency. We keep track. And the one rule that did not change, it doesn't matter who opens the season with a team. It matters the amount of service time the player has at the end of a season. So let's say there are 185 days in the championship season, and 185 days is would be considered a full year. And if you're on the Major League DL, you get service time. It's called the IL now. You get service time. The only time you don't get service time is if you have been optioned to the minor leagues or are on the minor league injured list. So let's just take Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners as an example. The Mariners call him up. They celebrate. They're all excited. What if he starts like Jared Kelnick did? Jared Kelnick was another big-time Mariner last year. Called him up, struggled, sent him down. So if you need, let's say a season starts on April 1st, and generally you don't want to call up a guy before April 20th, let's just take 20 days as an example say 25 days. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which 25 days. If the Mariners send Julio Rodriguez to the minor leagues for any 25-day stretch during the course of this season, he would lose the benefit of having made the opening day roster unless he wins rookie of the year. But if he's being sent down, it means he's not on track to win rookie of the year. So all of the celebrating that we're doing right now, that you're doing about how the CBA has worked, it's a huge way to see. Because what these teams do with these players during the course of the season is what we should be looking at. Because all of this, hey, let's call them up now. Let's not worry about service time. That's what we, they, dollar bet, sorry, Coca. That is what MLB the commissioner and the owners and the teams, that's the narrative they want you to have. They want you to believe that they are only focused on putting the best 25 guys on the roster. Now it's 26. By the way, in April, it's 28. Are the Cubs going to show a video when the rosters go from 28 to 26 on May 1st and that relief pitcher gets sent out, the one who just got all the hugs and kisses on the bench? I don't know if that'll make a video. It'll, it, won't even make, it won't even make the show. But I wonder whether or not the league said to the owners, just do it. Let's call up these guys. And then during the course of the season, do whatever you want. And it'll have the same impact. I think that's really what's happening here, Coco. And the other thing on this issue that drives me insane, as well as team executives, everyone, every team executive feels this way. Why do we always say that now is the golden era? This people are saying this on, on shows and they're saying we did it. We've got the best young players in baseball right now. The talent is unsurpassed. Well, do you remember when Fernando Tatis was a first year player? Every year, Juan Soto was a first year player. 
every year people say it's the golden age for young players in Major League Baseball. The fact is, it's always the golden age for young players, which is why older players are not getting the type of long-term deals they used to get. The middle class has disappeared in baseball because when you're running a team, it doesn't make sense to pay millions of dollars when you could pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to a player, and you're going to get the same, if not better, production. But the amount of recency bias that people have in order to generate excitement, it does make me laugh. Well, opening day is very, very soon. We said it was like in 50 hours, 53 hours. So we've got today's show tomorrow and Thursday. Opening day is Thursday. Three days, we are going to preview all six divisions, two per day. And on Thursday, I will give you award winners and playoffs and World Series predictions. So we're going to start today with the West, the NL West and the AL West give you just a little primer. I am not Baseball America. Do not come to me if you want details on seldom known, seldom used relievers and whether or not they are going to get 29 different wars and whether or not they are going to be good for your fantasy team. We have great fantasy podcasts on CBS. You can listen to all that. I want to give you sort of an outline of what the front office is thinking about their teams and what the speech is like as they head into opening day right after they read the gambling rule, which story I've told you, which is one of my favorite parts of the end of spring training, it's the BP. So the Marlins, as an example, they open the season in Frisco, Coca. I I guess they open Thursday in Frisco, which means they are going to work out on Wednesday in Frisco, which means they're going to fly to Frisco today. So my guess is they have a spring training game today, Tuesday, Coca, and then they'll get on a plane, go to Frisco, and then wake up, go to bed, wake up, have a practice, just BP, just get used to it, etc. And then you go to the clubhouse and you get read the gambling rule. So we're starting with the Giants in the National League West, because that's where the Marlins are, and I was thinking about that. So the Giants, I, I'm going to go in order, Coca. Can we do that? We're going to start with the Diamondbacks. I'm going to go in reverse order of how I think the NL West is going to finish. If you're a fan of the Diamondbacks and they've got a lot of great employees, I like their team president very much, a guy named Derek Hall. Raises a lot of money for prostate cancer and various other things. You can follow him on Twitter. Interesting, interesting, smart, smart man. Owned by a guy named Ken Kendrick. They are arguing right now about capital expenditures in their stadium, thinking about a new stadium. They are going to lose 100 games. But there's a name to watch on the team, and this is completely personal and totally biased. But please watch for Dan Straley. He was a former Marlin, the guy that we traded Luis Castillo for, who then went to Korea. Now he's back pitching for the Diamondbacks. I think he made the team. I have to text him. I could text him live right now. Should I do that, Coca? Because I didn't do it last night because I was watching the championship game till 6 in the morning. Diamondbacks are going to lose 100, team, 100 games. Second to last place in that division, we're going higher. The Colorado Rockies, for whatever reason, this is a funny thing about an owner. And Dick Monfort was the head of the labor labor committee. He was the name you saw negotiating the new collective bargaining agreement. And he signed that insane deal with Chris Bryant. A deal that really has no chance of paying off, but he was seduced by the possibility Chris Bryant is going to hit second in that lineup. They still have... Marquez, which was a wait to see. I thought the Rockies were certainly going to trade him. He did not, so that's a wait to see that I lost. But the Rockies have this signing that's going to 
actually hurt them because they're not going to have a window of contention while he is still a productive in the productive part of this contract. So the question that you should be having if you're a Rockies fan, of course, is are we ever not going to be second fiddle to the Denver Broncos who are now Russell Wilson City, is do you want an owner who is going to give you a great offseason signing and great only in terms of PR, great only in terms of the press conference, or do you want an owner, and I've asked you this five times, and I've not gotten a satisfactory answer from anybody. Do you want the owner who makes that signing? Or do you want an owner who can compete in his division? But what happens if you're in a division where you can never compete? Don't tell me that the Rockies can never compete in the NL West because the Dodgers are there and the Dodgers win the division every single year except last year when the Giants had to win 107 games to win the division, having the season of their lives from 10 different players. But I just ask you, what's it like to go into a season where you say, hey, we're definitely the underdogs, but if everything hits right, and now that's the speech we give to the players. Don't focus on the Dodgers. Take care of your own business. Let's win today. Just today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what anybody's doing. Don't scoreboard watch or standings watch. Players, you'd be shocked how little they do that. If you ask a player what their team record is, and you know you've heard this, but please just remember it as the season starts. We care about it. We talk about it every day as fans. As front office people, we're looking at it. We're thinking about it in terms of ticket revenue and where we stand. Players don't even know. 15 out of 25 players do not know even where they are in the division. The same 15 don't know what their team record is. Finishing in third place in the NL West is going to be the Giants. People are picking the Giants to finish second. I am not. I'm picking the Giants to finish third. Here's why. Even though they added Carlos Rodon, they've got Logan Webb, you may remember from last year's playoffs, was so good. Remember, he's the one who pitched in deep into games against the Dodgers. He was just really good. They re-signed a bunch of their pitchers. They lost Buster Posey to retirement. How are you going to get back-to-back years of career years for players? Just doesn't happen. Brandon Crawford finished in the top four in MVP. Giants third place, which gets us to the top two teams. Am I going Dodgers or am I going Padres? Of course, I'm going the Dodgers to win the division. The Dodgers got Craig Kimbrell instead of Kenley Jansen to close. They got Freddie Freeman to play first base instead of Albert Pujols and Max Muncy. Their MVP champion, Freeman, from the Braves. We talked about that whole signing. The Dodgers are the deepest team. The Dodgers are the best team. The Dodgers will win. What's their over-under? Coca doesn't matter. They're going to win 100 games. They will win the NL West, which leads me to the San Diego Padres. My particular personal foil, just because I find A.J. Preller to be questionable, objectionable, and shameful in the way he operates. But I'll tell you, those owners are all in. They spend money. The Padres, how many of you would guess that the Padres have a top five payroll in baseball? It just, it's insanity. Remember, they still have Machado. They didn't trade Hosmer. They still have Myers. They have Tatis, but he's not making a ton of money. But the Padres, the over-under is 99.5 for the Dodgers. Thank you. That's a funny thing. Take the over on the Dodgers. They're going to win 100 games. The Padres over-under is 89.5. That's a tougher one. 
I'm not going to give you a pick on that. Dodgers go over 99 and a half. The, the thing with the Padres is that they've got all this pitching. They just traded for Sean Minai of the Oakland A's, who we're going to talk about next. They just, why? Because they're going to finish in last place in the AL West. But Sean Minaya, Hugh Darvish, their opening day starter. Don't forget Blake Snell, except well, he's very forgettable now that he's not a Tampa Bay Ray. Chris Paddock's hurt, but he's still on that team. They have Joe Musgrove. They've got all this depth. They may trade a pitcher to try to get an outfielder. They don't have enough outfielders, but they've got a great infield, but they sort of don't. Still, Tatis, is he going to be hurt? Is he not going to be hurt? I think the Padres are in their final year of this fiscal insanity. The amount of money that they are spending to not make the playoffs, they are not getting the concomitant revenue in order to justify that level of payroll. Not even close. Which means owners, those owners, Peter Seidler, Ron Fowler, they're going to get sick and tired of writing checks. At me all you want, they are writing checks. But they want to win. Padres are going to finish in second place. Query, are they going to make the playoffs? Wait to see. Okay, what about the American League West? This is a division where we're going to start at the bottom again with the Oakland A's. What should you say except Mark Kotze got a job? That would go against what some people say in lawsuits, but Mark Kotze is a former player, former Marlin. He never played for me, though, so he must have been a Marlin. Coco, will you check that? Was Mark Kotze ever on the Marlins, and was it prior to 2002? I think it was. He was just named manager because Bob Melvin went to the Padres, so he is now managing a team that has lost all these players. We talked about it yesterday. Everyone's upset. They think that they stink, but that's not the case. They are simply building up again. So yes, they are going to have a bad season. They are going to lose 100 games. Kotze was a longtime Marlin from 97 to 2000. Thank you, Coca. So we didn't trade him. John Henry traded him or let him go as a free agent, whatever it is. So here's what Mark Kotze does as he walks into the clubhouse right before opening day and you're the A's. You know you're going to lose 100 games. You say, guys... We're going to be the Cleveland Indians. We are going to be major league. We are going to rip off a piece of our owner's gap genes. Those who get that, get that. Those who don't, don't. For every win that we get. You basically have to align yourself with the players when you're the manager of a team like the A's who are in that rebuilding mode. Even though you have gotten permission from Billy Bean and your team president and owner to do that. Because you don't want to create a bigger golf between the clubhouse and the front office. You want the manager to serve as sort of a go-between, a peacemaker. But when there's a situation when there is so much attention being given to your team and where your team is and the moves your team has made, you let your manager act like and say things that make the players think that he's angry with management too. But do you think Mark Kotze, when he took this job, did not know what the payroll was going to be for the Oakland A's? We tell our managers when we're interviewing them, yeah, this is what we're looking at. Okay, fourth place. This is going to be upsetting to people deep in the heart. Here's the problem. When you spend half a billion dollars, you win the offseason. The Texas Rangers are on the top of every list. They spent over half a billion dollars. They got Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, two of the top five shortstops on the board. Got them both. Outstanding. Way to go. Someone's got to pitch. 
It turns out that I got a phone call from Chris Young, who is the assistant to the GM in Texas, working with John Daniels. He called me the other day and said, listen, how married are you to Matthew Coca? And I said, that's bizarre, like not married at all. I, he's, he's fine. And he said, well, we're going to need to bring him in. We're going to ask him to pitch. I said, oh, no, there's no nothing personal without my man, Matthew Coca, but he's good enough to be their best starter. By the way, thanks to all the people who taught me what bless you is for. That was just a sneeze if you're not watching this on YouTube. Nothing personal with David Sampson. I must have too much dust here, Coca. This is my, this is my dust taker aware. It smells like nothing, but it's some sort of putty because I'm sneezing every show now. There's something going on. Maybe I'm allergic to the microphone. So the Rangers spent all this money. They have no pitching. They're not going to make the playoffs, and they are barely going to finish above 500 if they do at all. My guess is they will not finish above 500, and the poor Rangers in their new ballpark, which is not going to be so new for much longer, just are going to realize, wow, we need pitching. Speaking of pitching, the Anaheim Angels, again, don't have pitching. Yes, they've got Shohei Otani, the reigning MVP, who's going to pitch every five days and be the lead story on SportsCenter when they do, or on HQ when they do, because of the Otani rule where he can bat and he can then DH. I mean, he can pitch and then DH, etc. The Angels have Noah Syndergaard, don't forget. They signed him. Good. Lorenzen to pitch. Good, good, good. What are you going to get exactly from Noah Syndergaard? Take the under on 30 starts. Take the under on the Angels winning 83 and a half games. You're going to read Trout right now. You're going to read all about Trout and Otani and Rendon and such a great triumvirate and Trout and Rendon wanting to get back to where they were. Unfortunately, Mike Trout is now 30 years old. I'm not sure he's the best player in baseball anymore. So now what to do between the Mariners and Astros? Well, everyone's going to predict the Astros to win their division. Nope. My team is the Mariners. They went out and got Robbie Ray. They still have Jared Kelenic. They got Kyle Lewis, who won Rookie of the Year, I think, in 2020. They have that top prospect, Julio Rodriguez, we talked about early in the show. The Mariners are a good team. The Mariners, for whatever reason, have an over-under of 83.5, while the Astros have an over-under of 92.5. Because people are counting on the Astros and Justin Verlander, who's 39 years old. Now, in the real world, that's not old. But they gave him $25 million coming off Tommy Johnny hasn't pitched in two years. 39. They lost Carlos Correa to the Minnesota Twins. But don't worry, they got Altuve. They got Brantley. They got a new shortstop named Pena. They're high on him. They've got great young pitching. They were in the World Series. Could have won the World Series with a little bit of starting pitching I don't I don't I think the Mariners are a better team I may talk about this on HQ later today Coca because I'm not sure many people are doing that the Mariners have the longest playoff drought in sports they're going to win their division the Astros are going to come in second so that is the preview for the AL West and the NL West let's take a break I got to review this movie that I watched I cannot believe it Judd Apatow the great director did a movie and then after 
We are going to talk about the championship game last night, which ended at 3.30 a.m., and we're going to name some winners of the Nothing Personal with David Sampson bracket pool. We've got winners, losers, raffle winners. We'll be right back. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. Here with Matt Coca every day. Please follow, rate, review. This stuff matters. Even though we've been around for a while now, we still want to keep growing, keep breaking records. But you got to tell your friends about us and keep listening. And we appreciate the fact that you do. You can follow us on Twitter, David P. Sampson, Instagram, if you so choose. I watch a movie every day. Still, no matter when the championship game ends, I'm going to make sure to watch a movie. A new movie came out, and I was so excited to see it. It's a Judd Apatow movie called The Bubble. It's a movie that is a, oh, Coca, this is more, this is what happens when I really get no sleep. Parody. Thank you. (laughs) I just did something. (laughs) Coca, did the microphone just pick up anything? Because if so, we're going to have to cut that out. Can you just talk in my ear right now? Did you just pick up any sort of sound in the microphone other than my voice? So there's a movie I watched called The Bubble, and The Bubble stars Key from Key and Peele. I think it's Keegan. I get his name wrong, but he's so funny from Friends from College and from Why Him, and I'm completely blanking on his first name. Keegan, thank you. Keegan Michael Key. And it is a movie with Leslie Mann, who's always in her husband's movies. It's a movie with Iris Apatow, the little girl from knocked up from this is 40 
who's now a grown woman playing a TikTok star. And the premise of the bubble is that these people, a bunch of actors, have to get into a bubble for COVID because they need to film a sequel to a crappy movie. And it's about how the director and the producers and the people in the bubble, the workers in the bubble, how they all figure out how to get this movie done. And what he was trying to do was be like Tropic Thunder. Was he parroting Tropic Thunder? There was nothing funny about the movie. It was so bad that I'm wondering how it even got made other than the fact it was Judd Apatow. So if you have an opportunity to watch The Bubble, don't take it. If you want to see Key in something, watch Friends from College and Why Him. The Bubble. That thing has burst. Okay. Am I going to talk about Danny Snyder every day? If they keep sending out statements, I'm going to. I'll tell you that right now. I don't know what's happening, but what I will tell you is that there is panic in our nation's capital. Snyder is trying to figure out whether or not he's going to be able to keep his team. He has fired back at what we discussed yesterday that that got all that attention that you all listened to, and I appreciated it because that was a really good show yesterday in terms of numbers. I can never tell. I always say at the end of the show, hey, Coco, how was that show? I, I know some segments fall flat. I know that sometimes the energy level is up or down, or sometimes I have to edit, which we don't edit, but I have to say, hey, 4669. But I couldn't tell exactly yesterday the whole show, but the segment on the commanders I liked because what's going on with Daniel Snyder and two sets of books he's been accused. Listen to the show yesterday. The commanders then said, you know what? We're not going to take this. So listen to what they said. In a statement, there has been absolutely no withholding of ticket revenue at any time by the commanders. Let's be clear what that sentence means. They're not saying they don't keep separate books. What they are addressing is what they know is the third rail of ownership. Don't steal money from your partners, meaning his owners. He wasn't stealing money from his limited partners, but he may have been because they all he had to buy them all out because they couldn't stand being around him anymore. They couldn't stand being associated with the Red Anders. But their first sentence of the statement, there's been absolutely no withholding of ticket revenue. That's code for, hey, owners, we did not steal your money. Second, those revenues are subject to independent audits by multiple parties. True, but I've told you about how audits work. And if you're willing to lie and you're willing to purge yourself, then believe me, you you can get one over on your auditors. Not believe me, I've never done it because it's absurd. Although I shouldn't say, how do I know? I already told you that I'm counting on my finance people. Third sentence, and here we go. Anyone who offered testimony suggesting a withholding of revenue, repeating from the first sentence, withholding of revenue, they just took out ticket. Anyone who offered testimony suggesting a withholding of revenue has committed perjury. Plain and simple. Statement over. They're referring to the former employee of the Washington Anders who, in front of the Congressional Committee, after having raised his right hand, put his left hand in the Bible, which you don't really do anymore, raised your right hand, say, I'm committed to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help me, me. Looked to the left, saw George Burns. Looked to the right, said John Denver, and said, oh, Christ, I'm dead. The commanders are going after the employee, saying that employee's line to Congress, which, by the way, is called a felony. 
So guess what? If you are that person, you have no choice. You have to release a statement. And so his lawyer, the guy's name is Jason Friedman, who was not named in the commander's statement, but that's who the commanders were talking about. Jason Friedman's lawyer, a woman named Lisa Banks, said, wait a minute, we have a statement. The Washington commanders just released a statement to members of the media. You don't need to say that, by the way. Economy of words. When you're releasing a statement, it's assumed it's to members of the media. Or you can do it through your own social media, but still, it's to the media. Just released a statement. In that statement, they defamed my client, Jason Friedman. They didn't name Jason Friedman. Query to all you lawyers out there. Can you defame somebody without saying who who you're talking about? Do you assume that everyone is just going to know? How many of you knew if I saw the Washington commander's statement? Anyone who offered testimony suggesting a withholding of revenues committed perjury. Okay. By the way, that's a true statement that if you offered testimony that's incorrect, that's perjury. I didn't hear the name mentioned, but in any case, it's been defamed. Do you remember we did a whole story about defamation? Now, Jason Friedman's not a public figure, so the threshold is not actual malice. Remember that show? Remember that correction? In that statement, they defamed my client, Jason Friedman, who came forward at the request of the Congressional Oversight Committee and testified truthfully with evidence. Unfortunately, Mr. Friedman is unable to defend himself publicly due to contractual constraints that prevent him from speaking freely. What does that mean? That means when teams fire employees, if they want severance, they have to sign a document that says, you can never disparage this company. You can never talk about anything confidential. Don't tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but no truth. Or else we're going to come after you. And believe me, we've got lawyers, we've got money, and we'll come after you until Lisa Banks, your lawyer, says, uncle. So that's why Mr. Friedman can't defend himself publicly. But he would be happy to recount his testimony if Dan Snyder and the Washington commanders allow him to do so. I will await their response. Boom, mic drop. Basically saying Dan Snyder, the owner of the Washington Red Anders, has a provision in these severance contracts which says you can't talk, but they have the ability to release an employee from that provision. Is this sounding familiar to any other investigations in any other front offices? We're seeing this a lot. But here's another way that Mr. Friedman can be compelled to talk and continue his testimony. It's called a subpoena. Hmm. I wonder what the future is because this is a huge deal. Maybe not to Congress, but if you are the NFL and you do not find out whether or not Jason Friedman is telling the truth, then you are negligent. And I'm using that word as it relates not to defamation, though it's the same concept. Of course, the owners are calling Roger Goodell and saying, hey, dude, can you speak to this Jason guy and just find out, is he stealing from us? Are you stealing from us? Nothing personal pick of the day. Mattress Mac and I had Kansas four and a half over UNC. Kansas only won by three. The guy stepped out of bounds. What a jackass. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it doesn't matter. We're 38 and 30. 
Tonight, we're going with the Heat, five and a half over the Hornets. The Heat have a chance to secure the number one seed. The NBA playoffs start in under two weeks. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's just, this is a great time for sports right now. We're going to have the NHL playoffs, the, the NBA playoffs, baseball season starting. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the nothing personal bracket for a minute, if you don't mind, Coca. Because CBS, which is now Viacom CBS, no, 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 they're... Uh, they're now Paramount. They wanted you to do a bracket on the app because they want you to download the app because they want your information because they can use that to get some revenue. But it's a great app. I mean, Paramount, if you want to watch Survivor or you want to watch a bunch of movies, you can get on the app. If you want to watch current shows on CBS like Blue Blood or whatever, you can do it. And they wanted you to do these brackets, which is a big deal for CBS because they own March Madness, although not last night when I had to watch it on a cable network, which didn't bother me at all because all I do is go to Hulu and it says now, click here, and I don't know if I'm clicking to CBS or TBS, I'm just clicking, I'm getting the game. Great. By the way, could someone tell me why the game starts at 9.20 Eastern time? Anybody? Just tell me. Is that necessary? Because you've got to get that much closer to prime time on the West Coast that you need to start at 6.20. You couldn't start at 5.20 on the West Coast and 8.20 on the East. It just, it's wrong. Because half the people can't stay awake and watch it. And that defeats the purpose. Except they get more money that way. So Paramount offered a gift card to get their streaming service if you win the Nothing Personal Bracket. I don't know that's why Aaron Wheeler did it. I'd like to believe Aaron Wheeler joined the 455 or 54 other people who were able to get brackets done. There were hundreds more of you who couldn't get your brackets done because you couldn't get the link because the link was bad, but that's another story. But Aaron Wheeler, did you win this pool because you thought that you really just wanted that Paramount gift card? I don't think so. You won this pool because you wanted a gift sent directly from me. Aaron Wheeler, you are a winner. Get your information to Coca, DM Coca with your address, and I will send you a gift, a piece of memorabilia from my collection because you are the nothing personal with David Sampson bracket winner. But that wasn't enough. I think it's sort of cool and just as hard that if you're going to win a pool, I think it's just as hard to lose a pool. So Mark Pickler, I'm calling you out. You lost. You came in last place. Literally. Not easy to do. Just as difficult as what Aaron did, which means you're getting a gift. It's not going to be as good a gift, but hey, it's better than no gift. It's totally going to be worth more than what you paid to be on the bracket, which was free. Mark Pickler, last place. We told you we'd reward the last place winner. I don't think Memphis beat Tennessee in the final. I'm not sure, but I don't think that happened. Sorry, Mark. Contact Matthew Coca, please. DM him on Twitter. Okay. And we conclude today's show with something that really mattered a lot to me, which was a raffle we were going to do for anyone who beat Matthew Coca. Matthew Coca who watched, I'll give you an over-under, and you can decide whether you want to go over-under. The entire college basketball season, the over-under of number of games he watched from start to finish 
is 1.1. You decide whether you want to go over or under. Filled out his bracket, took some suggestions from his friends, maybe Alex, maybe others. And I said, if you beat Coca, you get into a raffle. And if you win that raffle, you get a cool prize. Coca finished in 237th place. By the way, kicked my ass. I had Wisconsin winning the tournament. Totally, it was my heart. That was a heart pick. I finished like in 397th place or something. I almost lost. I almost gave myself a prize. So Coca came in 237th place. We did a random number generator to see who would win the raffle. We did it on camera. So we both saw it. And the winner came in 52nd place. That's the number. So Dan Juliuson, you won a raffle. I never won a raffle before. Dan Juliuson, you beat Coca. You finished in 52nd place, which generally should get you nothing. But guess what? DM me or DM Matthew Coca, DM Matthew Coca with your address, and you win a special prize from me for beating Coca. And that's it. We're done for another year. I wonder whether or not we're going to do this next year, Coca. Hmm. How about that as a wait to see? Will it look differently? Will it maybe be against the spread instead of just winners? Will there be a bracket pool at all? Hmm. We'll find out later as we have meetings to say, hey, it's just business. See you tomorrow. This is nothing personal. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.